please, pull up a seat and wind down. Was your sojourn on Rakendrama a pleasant one? The Witch of Miracles has invited you to a tea party. We hope you choose to attend. Hello and welcome to a hidden tea party. My name is Courtney and I am the witch of video games. And these are my guests. Hey. Hi. <laughs> Hi. My name's Jess. My uh, pronouns are they, them. Um, and I'm wearing lipstick today. So, like, I win. For the audio listeners, you Jess do looks win. amazing. Thank Jess looks you. fantastic. Um, Jess has won the pod this episode. Uh, if anyone's keeping score, yeah, uh, I've, I've won the podcast. I'm wearing lipstick. I went outside today. What more do you want from me? <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> oh, I know oh, the points wow. out of the out of the door. The, the amount of loser tags that Courtney and I have in <laughs> comparison is insane. And who are you? Hi, my name's Rowan, and it's bits time is over. Oh. Um, this is the first podcast we are recording since a very certain announcement, which if you are an active mm-hmm. member of the Umineko fandom, you will be aware. Um, <laughs> I found out that Ryukishi has been put in charge of an IP that I care about. Um, and so now I'm going to have to have a nuanced opinion about Umineko. So I'm starting. I'm so sorry. Beginning. I'm I blank slate. The kayfabe is gone. I'm I promise from now forward. I'm not gonna be an irrational hater. I'm gonna I'm gonna give Umaneko its fair due, and I'm gonna try and 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 reassess and see if I enjoy it. Honestly, I I think you were a perfectly rational hater, actually. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> listen, but <laughs> listen, I'm I'm. Very excited for Rowan, uh, like sort of like middling on Umaneko era. It's it's Rowan's cerebral hours yes. is what it is. I'm gonna think about this, you know. Um, no more no more hating for the bit. No more just irrationally being You're, mean because for the sake of being mean. I'm You're trying to see this. the best in Ryukishi. Yeah. Um, I'm going into <laughs> yeah. this with an open heart. I, I I just I feel like I was really cruel last episode. I feel like I I definitely said some stuff because I know that it's my kayfabe to be mean towards Umineko and Motherland had to say his name and I um I'm 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 going into this with an open heart from here forwards. I think if Konami can curb some of the nonce shit, then you know, he's genuinely a competent writer. I felt things last episode. I I look forward to Umaneko continuing to make me feel things. I'm really excited to see if you change your mind at any point during the reading, maybe in about five minutes or something. <laughs> no, there's there's nothing particularly like uh, in I don't think in in the reading that we've done that would um, bring back these feelings necessarily. But well, we'll see. depends on we'll how see. much you like Erica. Uh, does depend on how much you like Erica, but since I'm starting from a blank slate, no more kayfabe, I'm going to have to think of new opinions of Erica. Um, I'm very excited because 
as you all know, I kind of like her just like a little bit. Just a bit. I haven't got that actually. Just a little bit. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you picked up the fact that she's my icon on like all my social media. Yeah, but I do it, like her just a touch. Literally every social media. Um, yeah, and as yeah. as soon as we got to the point where Erica turned up, it was like everything everything had been Beatrice theme before. Everything switched, and then it was yeah. Erica. Not it that Courtney's like into this game or anything. Should we do Jess's epitaph corner? Oh, excellent! Oh, oh yes, let's do Jess's epitaph corner. I go, love go, the go, epitaph. Go. Welcome to Jess's epitaph corner. So. I was because obviously, obviously they they talk in in the thing about um, how at least something is verifiable on an atlas, and I was like, "What is Google Maps but a more complicated atlas?" Yeah. Um, so I went on there and I was looking for a reckoner things, mm-hmm. um, and I think Courtney, you mentioned that in the record in the screenshot the CGs that are in the background when we ha- when they're talking about the reckoners, it's got Chinese on the in the background mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and out of the places that are mentioned in that scene the places that have like chinese as an official language are t- t- uh, taiwan and hong kong right mm-hmm. so i looked at these places and i was trying to work out what what the sweet fish river running through them might be um so, like, Taiwan has a mountain range running through the middle of it. I was like, could this be a sweet fish river? Is this to do with the Reconuts? The Tropic of Cancer also goes horizontally through the middle of it. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really know what to do with either of those, honestly. Um, Hong Kong, I was like, ooh, because... Um, the island of Hong Kong has a road that runs right down the middle and like goes underwater and then connects back up to mainland. Mm-hmm. And I was like, is that like a reconuts? It's like it's like kind of it's toxic. So is a toxic river like a road? Oh. Oh. And the sweet fish go to the sea and then come back, so it's an underwater road for a bit. And then I was like, "Is this anything?" <laughs> so I was looking around this, like, uh, looking around this big road in Hong Kong, trying to see if anything that like said village or reminded me of a village, or because it says like follow it downstream. I was looking like if there are any cities or towns at the bottom. There's a town slash city called Aberdeen. Oh. Um, at the bottom of the river Um, and at that point I was like cool now what because I was looking for I was looking for beaches that like might have anything to do with anything I was thinking are we looking for um, a Chinese like name of a shore that means something in English that can then because it can't just be the six letter word because um, Ava said you had to rephrase it until it was six letters long yeah um but yeah, I so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. That is partially because of how Japanese works as a language, right? Because okay. it has a different writing system and it has a, it has like three different alphabets and also the like Latin alphabet. Okay, so, so it might be six pro- letters in English already. Yes. Okay. Mm. 
Mm. Um, but yeah, I was there being like, after after thinking like, <laughs> thinking of like liquor early, I was like, what if that's the answer? So I'm looking for like liquor beach <laughs> <laughs> or like something like Incredible. that in, in, in Hong Kong and uh, strangely enough, did not find it. Um, so, that's really bizarre. Um, I think they should maybe consider investing in a liquor beach. Yeah, I think, I think they should... Um, so that I can solve the epitaph properly, change Hong Kong um, yeah. as it currently stands rather than anything else. Um, yeah, so that's what I've been doing. And I really don't want my two hours of Google Maps to be wasted. So I want some of that to be in the right direction. But I don't know if it is. I definitely think that it's a really good idea to be looking at the map. Um I have no idea about language distribution and geography, so um, zero I just help, Googled it. I, think I just Googled it. Um, <laughs> so, um, like, I might be wrong. There might be, like, it might be that, like, it was a Chinese-speaking area of one of the other countries, but there wasn't, like, an official language of the country. Who knows? Um, yeah, that's true. Or my Googling was wrong. <laughs> Um, but it was also like trying to work out like what kind of landmarks and stuff would show up on an atlas in 1986 as well. in 1986 and i was well because i was like google yes. maps has all sorts of shit on it that wouldn't be on an atlas um because it's got like shops and stuff and i'm like well you might have like major cities maybe would you have roads probably major roads uh bridges <laughs> like i couldn't mm -hmm. think of much else i was like if it's not a road what is it <laughs> Like, I guess, like, you're pretty certain that big historic landmarks and, like, geographical shit won't have moved in 40 mm. years. So there's a possibility that... Yeah, that's that... the thing as well. Like, roads can be rebuilt. Mm. Stuff, so, Whereas, uh, like, a river won't move much Yeah, in 40 years. They do move, but not so wildly out of the way that in 40 years it would be unrecognisable. Yeah. Interesting. Um, as part of Rowan's cerebral hours, uh, as the person who spent the most time solving the epitaph, do you feel like it's a good puzzle? Um, are you? Does it does it feel solvable? Does it feel solvable uh, at, the, at the moment? Not really. Um, hmm. how satisfying it will be will very much depend on what the answer is i think because if i look at the answer and go oh right i see if i just followed this in the different direction and stuff mm -hmm. um yeah if i think if i think it's feasible i was just going in the wrong direction then i'll think it was a good puzzle if i was if i look at it and go what i'd have never got that then i'll be like mm. <laughs> something i've been thinking about a lot is like other puzzles that you've talked about being existing in the visual novel genre particularly a certain puzzle with like reflecting letters yeah. um and i wonder if difficult and complicated puzzles almost to the level of bullshittery are common in the visual novel genre um, and whether or not that's a good thing that is something i've been thinking about i yeah i like i like difficult puzzles um mm -hmm. And I, uh, yeah, I, I <laughs> like, I even, I even really like the game, which has that 38 letter anagram in it. That's completely mm -hmm. ridiculous. But I, then yeah. again, I didn't try and work it out because like, oh my God, why would you? Um, I guess with like, the only thing I can think of is like games like Ace Attorney where you have to work shit like this out because the game makes you to progress. Yeah. And sometimes like, I have had this conversation before, but like, 
in Ace Attorney, for instance, sometimes I'll be like, I know exactly what I want to say. I know what the argument against this is, and I can't find the fucking piece of evidence that will make my character say mm. it. Um, <laughs> and that's really frustrating. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, um, I, I like the fact that I'm not being forced to work it out. Um, I want more yeah. hints from the game. Will we be getting more hints from the game, Courtney? Uh, we will get a few more hints. Okay, okay, good. Interesting. Um, I, um, yeah, no, I've just been thinking about, like, is this puzzle meant to be solvable or is the game just trying to lord it over us that we can't solve so it? So I'm going to say, I'm going to say this. You're going to hate this. Mm-hmm. Adam from the bonus episodes has solved the epitaph. Yeah. True. I will say that he did tell me he memed his way into solving it. He didn't actually solve it. Um, which... <laughs> but you can... It is solvable. It is solvable. Um, I (laughs) continue to, uh, in my cerebrality, think if that's a good puzzle. Um, If it has been memed into solving and genuine attempts are struggling. I've heard of, aside from Adam, I've heard of one other person who solved the epitaph before the visual novel gave it to them. Which, Mm. to me, is terrible odds for a video game that is supposed to be fun to play uh roman cerebral hours <laughs> i'm being i'm trying to be as fair as possible but i i don't think this is a good puzzle um i'm yeah i mean i'm enjoying it i i want more clues i'm still slightly nervous about the fact that like obviously we've had the hint before that it's a numbies thing and i feel like where i'm going with it isn't really numbers related in either direction i don't know how it could be um so yeah we will see i i just desperate like even if it's literally about 30 seconds before they tell me the answer i would love to know i would love to work it out just before (laughs) um as a like a dungeon master and somebody who runs rpgs a lot something i like to do to my players as they're trying to solve a puzzle is give them affirmations that they're going in the right direction so um like for example like oh an orb lights up or you hear a clunking noise on the other side of the door or whatever so that the players know that their solution is working they just have to keep going and one of the things that i think umineko hasn't done is it's really left you in the dark as to like whether or not you're going in the right direction because you could be correct with looking at the geography stuff you're just mm. looking at the wrong part of the world it's a big world yeah. um and it's very difficult for us to get affirmations that that's the right thing to do yeah no i w- i certainly would say if you put this in a D campaign i'd be like this is a bad puzzle <laughs> yeah <laughs> um i i think yeah, I think I think with this Umineko it is like if I was playing this by myself and I wasn't doing a podcast about it, I don't think I'd have started trying to solve it yet. Um because I'd I'd have I'd have waited until I got more information on it and tried felt like I had all of the clues. Um mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah. Um because yeah, I feel like this is one that they, they don't want you to solve be able to solve it right away. They want like they want you to it to be a mystery for quite a while um it's frustrating that we are over halfway through the game and it is still not presenting us with much information it still doesn't want it to be solvable and also it continues to it's so funny because 
I feel like with all the hints I give, I've given you too much information, but we'll see. I'm trying to forget, not forget the hints that you've given us, but like assess, because my question here is not like, can can we solve the puzzle? But more like, is it a well-constructed narrative? Is this fun for the reader? And um, I'm 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 trying to give this fair game a game a fair shot, and um, I'm just I'm just interested um, as as to what Jess was feeling about the um, the puzzle. I think you're yeah. right. If I think if this was in a D and D campaign, this would be a shit puzzle. But yeah. this isn't a D and D campaign, so is it a good puzzle? Yeah, we will. We will see. But de- yeah, don't give us any more hints, Courtney. I feel like you've already mm. given us loads. <laughs> mm-hmm. I will uh, keep her. Uh... Yeah, trying uh... trying to assess the game on its own merits involves not having Courtney tell us. <laughs> <laughs> tell us the answer, Courtney. Um, um, yeah, so that's my epitaph so... corner for the for the for the episode. excellent, <laughs> fantastic. Shall we get into the reading? We read as far as the end of chapter 13, which is Closet. Mm -hmm. So if you have not read that far, please stop listening. There will be spoilers. Yes, indeed. We start out our reading with a uh, lovely scene in the Golden Land where uh, Delanor visits uh, Virgilia, Beatrice, and Battler. Now, uh, Battler raises that this is the first time he's actually met Delanor because when they last met, it was just Lambda Delta controlling his piece. Mm. Yeah. Same with Beatrice, who is just a game board piece. Yeah. Uh, so they have their first discussion, and uh, she gets some tea from Virgilia and goes. And Battler's confused. He's like, why do you want to drink this tea? Didn't magic make it? And Delanor goes, well, it's quite likely that she just secretly made the tea and just gave it to me with, like, a flourish. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. I, I don't trust magic, but I'm fine with, like, stuff that can... Stuff that's just, like, a flourish, like, an explanation with, like, an extra few extra steps, you know? Yeah, yeah. this is... Interesting. This uh, is starting to explain a lot of Delano's motivations. She says, "Like, oh, I don't hate magic. I hate evil." And oftentimes, those two things go hand in hand. But I'm, I want to punish evil rather than magic. Yeah, mm. she she talks about like the the magic she wants to go against is magic that covers up evil, and like yeah. serves it. And I'm like, okay, okay. Mm. Um, yeah. So she's not anti magic. She's anti-nasty yes <laughs> which is cool um and um she said she has a kayfabe uh she says that uh she sometimes plays up her dislike of magic because she's on the job but when she's off the job she's a bit less hardline yeah and yeah. this is purely a social visit from delanor yeah yes. and Virgilia has this nice bit where she says like oh like that's meaningful in itself like even if you have to like sentence witches to death for your job like it's it means something if you don't actually hate witches for like just for magic's sake and stuff and like mm-hmm. um battlers and uh, yeah it's basically it's basically kind of being like yes motivation matters um and i'm like yeah i feel like that's gonna be um 
I don't know what Beatrice's motivation for all of this is, but I feel like it's going to be something that the game is like, oh, but this matters, though. Yeah. Mm. Um... And and that, uh, like, it doesn't make it, like, she did kill everyone, yeah, but look at the reason she did this. Um, whether or not that reason is at all justifiable will depend on mm. what the motive is, I think. Um, I think this is one of the main conceits of Demon Slayer, isn't it? That, like, a compassionate death is better than a horrible death, even if you're dying both ways. Mm. It's like, it's better mm. to kill with mercy than hatred. Uh, shout out to my Demon Slayer fans. How are you doing? <laughs> um, I love anime. An interesting detail in this scene is uh, Vigilia points out that Dilanor wouldn't have been able to come into the garden if Beatrice hadn't wanted her to get in. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. Which I think is really interesting because uh, Battler points out that Ange shouldn't have been able to get into the garden if, um, unless if Beatrice, Beatrice yeah. let her. Which to me is yet another indication that this entire visual novel is being orchestrated by Beatrice for a different end. Yeah. What that is, is obscured from us. But I yeah. think um, everything is under her watch. Yeah, it, everything looks still like it's going super badly for her. Um, yeah. But it, I, yeah, I also can't shake the feeling that she's done this on purpose. We've had an episode before where she's seemed to have mercy and to be nice and then has reveal that actually she's still an evil witch and she hates Battler. Um so it would not surprise me if that was the She's she's good at lying, at she's good at fake outs. Yeah. Um and good at concealing her true motivations. So yeah, I'm sure there's I, something I... there. Also, it's very easy to lie when you're being quiet. <laughs> That's true. That's she has made this quite easy for herself when yeah. you just sit there and don't do or say anything. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's harder to um, hide lies in your voice when you're actually trying to speak them aloud. Well, we also get a bit of uh, lore from Dulanor, who says that she was holding back in their encounter in Kinzo's study. Yes. That she, while she couldn't directly say Kinzo is dead at the starting time for all games because you can't use supernatural agencies as a detective technique. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, she uh, does say that she had the red truth, the window was never opened after it started raining. Yeah, so it was basically so. like the 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 detective side with Delano on it like knew basically that the Kinzo escapes out the window theory just couldn't have happened, but for some reason, they couldn't use it. Mm. And um, Virginia thinks that... that Lambda Delta might have interfered with it to yeah, mean that they couldn't yeah. say that. Um, I don't know why, yeah. though. Why would she want to do that? Um, yes. It's, uh, there, there's definitely, Lambdell from Burncastle definitely have some sort of, uh, other agenda going into this game. Yeah. That is sort of beyond the knowledge of both Battler and Erica. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, like like Delena talks about how like you know like even though they couldn't say it like in the crewmate chat, um, like Kinzo does not Kinzo's dead is an established fact that they know about. Like yeah. Lambda and Burncastle yeah. both know that, but for some reason on the game board they're leaving space for Kinzo to be alive. 
Um, yeah. And so it's like, what does that like? What does that actually do? Um, I, mm-hmm. My question was like, is it so that basically Natsui keeps act- acting sus and trying to cover it up? Um, yeah, mm, that's a good point. Possible. If it came out that Kinzo was dead, then that like might then she relaxes a, a little of... bit and she stops. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like. And th- and that would also yeah. then reduce reduce the kind of because there's three sides there's the protecting Kinzo's dead status there's the truth and then the murderer trying to conceal the truth that would re- yeah. like if if that if one of those gets found out and Kinzo is discovered to be dead then there's only two sides. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting because um, that's the side that Battler is fighting for the most at the moment is like weirdly trying to protect natsui yeah um both the the like well, he, peace battler yeah yeah um he he's he's on that side and so that that feels interesting because i guess what would not what would battler be doing if he wasn't trying to defend natsui yeah it like i suppose it, <laughs> really it's a bit of a like anti-erica side from yeah. battler yeah i think yeah. is really what it's about um, yeah it's not it's 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 battle being like, well, I don't obviously don't want to support the killer, but I don't want to be aligned with Erica in her search for the truth because yeah. of how she's doing it. Yeah. Um, my yeah. my argument would be then make yourself the detect like make yourself a detective with compassion and do the same thing but from a different angle. But he's decided that the way he's going to do that is to protect Natsui instead for some reason. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, which would be really consent- which would be really awkward if it turns out she's the killer. That would be you know. <laughs> Whoops! Um, <laughs> Shit! But we also get uh, confirmation uh, that Battler and Delanor both think Erica is a monster. Uh, yeah. yeah. So. Oh yeah, like because Delano's like, oh yeah, like I hate having to serve Burn Castle. She's fucking evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and that's quite fun. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think she literally and- describes her as a very evil entity. Yes. <laughs> oh, and then it's like it's so funny because then we immediately like, like in a second, just get like a smash cut to Erica like torturing Delano's subordinates yes. for messing up. Oh god, yeah, she's like, I don't, yeah, she's like forcing them to stand on one leg with their hands behind their back and then just basically pushing them over again and again and again um which sounds really stupid when i say it like that but it's like it's played quite straight and like quite horrifying lots of like mm. yeah yeah cornelia is being the one subjected to the uh torture because she was the one that was stood in front of the window and then gertrude provokes erica so that she will get the torture instead and yeah. then delano like shows up and evaporates them both um, and is like hurt me instead, and Erica's like it's not any fun because you don't feel pain. Um, <laughs> I'm like Erica, come on. <laughs> yeah, uh, she sucks. Um, we get an interesting moment where Eleanor, um, Erica grabs the back of Delena's hair and pulls it back so far that it's two uh, strands of hair. Like, li- like she literally rips some of Delena's hair out. Um, which is, I think, um, I don't know. It was, it was an interesting moment. Um, it was not it, very nice. No, I, 
I appreciated that, honestly, that this entire scene felt like really childish bullying. Like, these felt like punishments that a child would think up. And considering I've been arguing that Erica is a child, that I yeah, it, it, that. it very has like cruel primary school kid energy, doesn't it? Yes. Um, yeah, which mm. I think is a lot of Erica's vibe. Yeah. Um, l- later on in the reading, putting out. I don't mind saying, but we see her literally throw a tantrum. We've seen her throw tantrums before, but she throws tantrums yeah. like a fucking child. Um. So yeah, I appreciated that as a characterization so once she's done childishly torturing uh the subordinates that have failed her decides to start doing some deduction work on Mm. the stuff from last night around the letter in the hallway yeah uh and we get quite a few red truths from uh lambda delta about this mostly because erica could not have been there if she was at the guest house uh Mm. so the gist of it is uh, someone made a knock on the door and left a letter, mm-hmm. uh, no, but uh, no one placed the le- no one in the mansion placed the letter in the hallway. Yeah, yeah and it, it basically clarifies where everyone was. It was like Kraus, Natsui, yeah. Genji were in the second floor corridor. Kumasawa, Goda, Nanjo, Jessica, George, Maria, and Erica were all in the guest house. Everyone else was in the dining room. Yes, there's some um, interesting conversation about um, like how the letter could have been placed via like it was on the bottom of the cart, it was a device from something else. It's confirmed that the knock has to be a physical knock on the actual door. Yeah, they talk a lot about like like Lambda really covers quite a lot of stuff with because I I was thinking at first like oh maybe we get around with with this by saying like they didn't place the letter they like dropped it or it was yeah like it was it was designed to come off something like the car and drop on the floor um, mm-hmm. but yeah Lambda basically says that like no one in the mansion placed the letter directly, indirectly, intentionally, unintentionally, or coincidentally. And that, I feel like, covers pretty much everything. Because, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, okay, like, directly putting it on the floor, that's directly. But, like, having it on your person and having it fall out of your pocket, that's, like, coincidental, I guess, unintentional. Like, mm-hmm. what does that leave? So, um, some questions I have. Um, firstly, how many entrances do we have to the dining room? So, there is the... F- I believe we only have the I think there's uh, one. main door. Um, yeah, I think there is, like, a door through to the kitchen. Right. But I think uh, they're talking well. about the door to the hallway. Um, yeah, the door to the hallway is the only one that matters for the purposes What I really need this. to know for my theories here is what the fucking layout of the first floor of the mansion looks like and how close the dining room is to the main front doors. Uh, I think it is through a hall. It's not, like, directly, like, in front. I think you have to go through a hall to get to the dining room. Yeah, like, I have a picture in my head of how I've constructed the mansion to look like in which, basically, the front door of the mansion opens and then basically there's a big hallway directly to the left is the parlor and directly to the right is the dining room but i don't know whether that's what it looks like (laughs) that's really interesting i have Um, the exact opposite way around interesting um 
Yeah, I'm like, yeah, I have quite like, I have a constructed floor plan, but I don't know how much of it is just based on, is based on stuff I've been told in the game and how much of it is just like I don't stuff I've made up. I don't think we're given a full floor plan of the mansion at any I know, point. and I my, know. my theory for how this works is plan. really dependent on this. So. Well, <laughs> um, if it helps, uh, I think I have a rough idea of how the mansion works, so I could tell you whether something is impossible or not. Um, okay. Do we yes. have a time frame for when the letter is placed? So the the knock happened at midnight. Yes, yeah. but we don't uh, actually... And mm. ooh, uh, Yeah, so Canon, Canon and Shannon, when they came in to deliver the tea, there wasn't anything mm. on the floor when they came through. And I, I don't think it says exactly when that was. Do we have a confirmation that that's the case or is it just that Canon and Shanna didn't report anything at that point in time um I'm not sure we have a red truth for it actually I don't think we do they didn't report it nobody saw anything but like um we do have a red truth that it wasn't on the serving car and that it never touched it yeah because they were talking about like no, it can't have been stuck to the bottom of that. And it also can't have been stuck on the ceiling of the hallway and then made to, like, fall down later. Um, but, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of stuff, like... There's a lot of red truths, basically, around, like... Saying, like, all of the people who were outside the mansion stayed outside the mansion. No, like, there couldn't have been anyone who, like, snuck in to do any of this. Because, um, obviously, like, there's the red truth that says no one in the mansion placed the letter in any of these ways would be easy to get around if someone from the guest house did it Um, what's the red truth that we get about who's in the guest house is it like times is it like no one enters the mansion from this time to this time no it says there's at midnight only erica george jessica maria nanjo goda and kumasawa existed outside the mansion so it doesn't say they're all in the guest house but it does say they're not in the mansion um yeah, and then most of the other red truths are all about how the pe- the people on the inside didn't leave and um, didn't place the letter. Yeah, so basic, basically, and then there's like loads of stuff with the knocking as well, where they kind of say like it wasn't um, it wasn't someone playing a recording of a knocking sound. It wasn't someone hitting something else that like sounded like a knock mm. or anything. At first, I thought that like. My initial thought was that Canon or Shannon knocked on the underside of the dining room table. Yeah. Um, and and basically that they knew that the letter would be there outside, so they caused that and thinking like, oh, it'll sound like a knock on the door. And it was their kind of reserved knock as well. Um, but I think we get a red truth that basically says that that isn't it the case. It has to be a knock on the physical door. No one in the dining hall caused the knock directly, indirectly, intentionally, unintentionally. Yeah, is the one that we get. So it can't have been any of them in there. Um, um. And it wasn't Kraus, Natsui or Genji either. They didn't, They none of them knocked or caused the knock to happen. Um, mm. So it's a bit, it's a bit awkward. So like we're basically yes. left with a situation where it has to be someone outside of the mansion and they have to have done it without going inside mm. the mansion, but they have to have physically knocked on the door with a hand. Um, yes. 
And this is why I was was thinking about the um, floor plan of the house, because I thought, and I think this is more convincing. This might, even if the floor plan of the house isn't quite right, might still work for the knock, but maybe not for the letter. Is my thought was that someone from outside the mansion knocked on the front door of the mansion, hmm. which is quite near to the dining hall, I think. Um, and basically, and basically slid it under the door, and that if the two doors were quite near each other, that that would you work. Could, you could do because it is what I the one red truth I think that might uh, go against this is, and it depends exactly what this means. Is there's a red truth that says it was impossible for anyone outside the mansion to influence anything inside after the start of the family conference. And it depends what you mean by influence. <laughs> also, it depends what you mean by the start of the family conference. Yeah. Because didn't the family conference start a lot a long time before? Like, didn't I, that start? I in don't know the exactly what they mean. The but... family conference refers to when the gold was discovered by Battler, and right. uh, they go to the mansion together to discuss that. Yeah. Yeah. So I yeah, I I don't know whether that would go against that theory, but it depends what you mean by influence. Um curiouser and curiouser. Um not to uh jump ahead, but I feel like a lot this a lot of this information is going to be more important later on. I'm not going to make any conjectures right now because I think it influences some of the hypotheses I have about further events. Cool. Okay. Oh yeah, I basically only have stuff on this so mm. and nothing later so that'll do <laughs> we're all good excellent um, i feel like some useful okay. information has been had here i put together my Definitely. blue truths. um i'd say uh think hard around the motivations for what has happened here mm. uh what who would benefit from what happened with the letter yeah. Yes. I'd say that's a good angle to approach this. Um, also, if it helps, Erica is also completely stumped by this, and we get the first kind of threat made against her by Burncastle. Yes. He's like, if you are useless, I will just forget about you. Mm. Yeah. And for some reason, like, she blames Battler for all of this. I'm not yes. sure why. Um, but yeah, she she has she goes she gets sweaty, she gets angry, she stamps her little foot. Um, yes, and she, uh, it, it, we cut to the uh, game board where she's having lunch, and um, Erica suddenly stands up and starts, like, trying to spar with Battler about him yeah. jumping out the window. And like, goes, you can't have done you that! You couldn't have jumped out the window! <laughs> That's too high! What you um, actually did was you crawled down the drain pipe like a little worm. <laughs> You're a little worm, Battler! <laughs> This is, this is interesting. I'm going to make this point here. I think a lot of times when people are making arguments in Um the argument success also is mostly predicated on how upset you can make the other person. Because if somebody's really mad, they can't think properly. As a consequence, yeah. they can't come up with a counter-argument very well. And um, this is Eric, an example of somebody unsuccessfully trying to fluster the other person because <laughs> Battler does manage to retort with, I only had to prove that Grandad had to get out the window. And also, it's really funny as well because the narrative basically says, like, yeah, that's exactly what he did. And that's what everyone guessed. 
Like <laughs> and all of the all of the relatives were like, yeah, he probably didn't literally launch himself out the window. He probably shinned down the guttering or something. But none of them actually spoke about it, which is actually re- a really funny way of addressing this question. Because I was like, it was a really weird omission when they were doing this the first time. And now mm-hmm. it kind of like it's still a bit strange that it's written that way, I think. <laughs> but like, it's also really funny because it's a big like get back at Erica where I'm like, well, yeah. <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> there is not yeah, a single she's... character in this game who is normal. None of these people are fucking normal. Um, the 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 fact that ba- it was complete. So so which universe aside, the fact that they were debating whether or not the dad left the room and Battler decided, I know, I'm going to demonstrate and force you to demonstrate how that could have happened. I'm going to pretend to jump out the window but I'm secretly going to shimmy down the gutter. And everyone was fine with this and also fine with pretending that he fucking jumped out instead of being like, oh, well, you shimmy down the gutter, didn't you? Yeah, no, lit- literally like no fine. one called him on it up until this point. Yeah. Um, it's just like, this is fine. It So, so, so often in this book, do people do things and I'm like, no way that somebody with an ounce of common sense acted in this way. <laughs> no, there yeah. was not a single Yushiromiya who is like, fucking normal they all live for the drama and they're all yeah. idiots i love it <laughs> yeah. um um yeah so everyone it's, like it's fun. so everyone looks at erica like she's gone crazy basically yeah um and there's a large lightning bolt which erica i think interprets as like Burncastle approving of her deductions and she just like sits down as if nothing happens and goes back to eating her dinner and talking about chopsticks right i i i interpreted the scene differently to that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay because what like for me what i saw happen was erica mid breakdown sees this lightning bolt complete like sits down completely calmly and does the like she does the aren't chopsticks the best form of cutlery joke again and like gets all calm and i'm like did burn castles like cast a lightning strike and fucking reset her <laughs> like, like putting a fucking cocktail stick in a tamagotchi yeah like i was like she just pressed the reset button on this bitch because she was getting annoying and like <laughs> I love that. And like, I was legitimately like, is no one going to comment on this? This girl's just reset herself at the table. (laughs) I was like, yeah, this is, you know what? The drama. Erica definitely fits in with the Yushiromias in many ways. That's all I'm saying. And like, all all of the adults just like, are just kind of tired and they all kind of go, yeah, whatever. (laughs) They're like, oh, the child sedative must have kicked in. Yeah. That lightning bolt <laughs> delivered child sensitive directly into her veins. <laughs> Just the way we I... like it. <laughs> well, when you've got a silver spoon off up your ass, it is quite conductive, which does help mm. with the electricity. Um, I know that um uh sorry, uh basically she has a detective's authority, which I think protects her from basically being seen as like utterly insane because she's got to be trusted enough to be allowed to view the crime scenes yeah and they they so. d- they definitely do question her on stuff but like they don't question her on they don't stop her from doing the detective stuff as much as like mm. you might stop someone in in a not they, mystery novel <laughs> yeah they they 
can't. Uh, there's a scene. There's a scene earlier where she's like trying to get into the the murder room, and they question her and try and stop her, and she's like, "No, detective's authority." So I feel like magically these people are being compulsed to behave and she, allow yeah, Erica she, to do her shit. She uses the red truth on that as well, and that's what eventually gets her in. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think they are they are being somewhat like controlled um to let her have her her space because like like realistically even though even if there was a full-grown adult who you knew was a detective this would be this would be a bit much but some random 17 year old girl who fell off a boat yesterday and washed up on your island and tells you she's a detective at the age of 17 is <laughs> it's definitely not someone i would i would decide to let poke at my crime scene um mm-hmm. yeah so the game board's been manipulated in such a way where she can get away with doing some weird stuff as long as it lets her look at the crime scene. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, the the pieces as toys analogy abounds. Um, yes. Hmm. I love autonomy. <laughs> Me too. They're my favourite Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> um... So Erica has her interesting outburst. What happens next? Next, uh, well, we start the chapter called Closet. It's alibi uh, time, I think. Alibi time. Mm-hmm. So um, we get some stuff uh, around with Beatrice's group kind of regrouping. Vigilia finally makes her appearance on the game board. Yeah. She has like, bitch, been absent been? so far. Yeah. Um... So uh, she immediately is like, Gap, why did you hide the corpses? What the fuck does this accomplish? And uh, uh, she goes, well, um, it helps sort of divert attention away from a human culprit because it's a lot more difficult for them to say a human did it if uh, we they, all the humans are accounted for on the corpses move. Especially because while the corpses were being moved, Natsu, we had the alibi of being with everyone, so it also takes the pressure yes. off her a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. So and then Vidgeli is like, okay, well, uh, I don't care about that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, and they're talking about how Natsu is about to fall into a trap. Which is, uh, which Natsuhi uh, is currently setting up for herself. She is currently tying the noose around her own neck mm-hmm. by um, having a dramatic storm out of the uh, parlor so that she can go hide in the closet for an hour like she was told to do at 1 pm yeah. by the man on the telephone. Yeah, so I'm. There are some interesting bits in this because. Um... First of all, I'm not really sure what Virgilia's game is here, and Gap and Ronove don't seem to know either, because Virgilia basically turns up, having had no knowledge of what's going on, they tell her what's going on, and then Virgilia says in red, anyone looking at one of the five corpses would know they were dead, they're not people playing dead. And mm-hmm. Gap's kind of a bit annoyed, because she was like, well, one of the reasons I hid them was so that it was ambiguous. <laughs> um <laughs> And Virgilia just kind of says that and just kind of swans off. And it's based. Which is it's it's so good, but also like I don't really know what Virgilia's game is there. Because Gap and Ronove are supposed to be helping Beatrice. And so supposedly is Virgilia. But I don't know whether they have different ideas on how to do that or 
two things. One, I fucking love watching Gap and Vergilia interact. They're they're two f- like really fun characters. Yeah, and maybe maybe it was just she wanted to undermine Gap. I don't know. Like they have that kind of relationship. Um, um, the second thing is I stand that Vergilia, as she stated her purposes at the beginning, is to help Battler first and foremost. She is here to guide Battler. That's why she was hanging out with Battler all this time. That's why she's d- kind of undermining this Beatrice and this gap. Because I think that Vergilia is actually being more helpful for the longer goal by doing this than she is for the short-term goal. So mm. I don't think Natsui surviving this and Kinzo surviving this is useful for the long term goal and so yeah. I don't think Vigilia cares about that. I think she's serving her Beatrice and her Beatrice's plan by undermining this one. Yeah, because it's it's a weird one because the, the meta Beatrice and the mm-hmm. game board Beatrice in this game are, are, are have different goals because yes. game board Beatrice in this one is trying to protect Natsui. Yes, um, which is interesting and weird, and that yeah, that doesn't necessarily help anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, yes, but yeah, I'm 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 interested in what Vigilia's got going on in in all of this, and also kind of how that would help. Um, yeah, because I guess it I guess it eliminates the oh they weren't really dead um, mm-hmm. explanation. They just walked off, but like it. <sighs> They had their throat slit. That would have been hard to fake. Uh, quick question: Who's confirmed with the red to be dead here? Is it all the people in the guest house, or is it everyone and Genji? Is Genji confirmed? So, um, let me double check. So, uh, we don't get any dead confirmation. No names. But we it's get just... anyone looking at anyone looking at George, Jessica, Maria, Rosa, or Genji's oh, corpses right. confirm at a glance that they are all dead. Okay, interesting. So, uh, everyone is named. It. Uh, we don't get any like they don't say these people are dead, but they say anyone looking at those corpses could confirm to glance they were dead. Yeah. Uh, so, Natsuhi uh, storms out to go hide in the closet. Uh, yeah. She thinks about locking the door to the room with the closet in it mm-hmm. and goes. Actually, maybe this will work against me, so uh, I'm going to leave it open. Mm-hmm. Because what if they think it's suspicious that there's a locked door, break their way in, and find me? Also, what if the guy on the telephone gets angry? Yes. Yeah. Uh, what's really so, interesting, though, as well, is that the door isn't locked when she gets there, and it should be. Because mm, obviously, yeah. she she doesn't have a key that would unlock it, if we believe her perspective, anyway. Um and so this is like this has been set up for her by somebody else so that she um, can get in um, shout out to all my natsui as a lesbian conspiracy theorist which <laughs> she's, the woman she's is volunteering oh, to go into the closet hide a closet um just just needed to point that out because it is uh so natsui climbs in the closet and she talks about having locked Jessica in dark rooms previously to make her contemplate about her actions. I'm like, yeah. Ooh, great yeah, parenting she's just, there. She's just there like, this isn't very nice actually, is it? And I used to do this to Jessica to punish her and I'm like, and you're only realising that this was a fucked up thing to do now because you're doing it. I'm like, try and see it from a someone else's perspective, babe. Come on. 
Like, <laughs> she thinks about her favorite season <laughs> and who she told her favorite season to. Yeah. And I'm like, it's no goddamn good. It's no goddamn good at all. This book sucks. <laughs> How does she know that the only person she has ever told her favorite season to is Shannon? This whole conceit is such bullshit. It's like, how? Ah, oh, because because the reason why she told Shannon her favorite season is autumn, is because Shannon saw that she was particularly happy one day of autumn, and she felt pressured to make the confession. That's the reason she said, "I'm really sorry. This is bullshit. <laughs> I, it, it's terrible. What the fuck?" says in red that the only person so firstly natsui can use red which is so weird because um asterisk we have it confirmed that pieces can't use red like it's erica manages to do it because she's the detective just about but then later that gets revoked sorry um but then later that's completely revoked so why can natsui use red here why why yeah, is that i i wasn't okay. sure whether it was supposed to be something to do with her connection with beatrice at this point or whether it was just like inconsistency and in who can use red and who not depending on whether they whether they care about it being objective i think this is a massive red herring basically interesting um, because natsui uses this information to say shannon must be in on it because she know, she was the only person that knew my favorite season was autumn and i like what i say to that is like um person on the phone basically didn't know what her favorite season was they just needed to ask her a question that only had a set number of answers yeah um so like that this is supposed to make you think that shannon is involved and that's what natsui thinks but actually shannon's got nothing to do with this or if she has it's not because of this <laughs> i um, i i will allow that i am a little bit biased because i have been accusing shannon of yeah. being involved in all of the murders so i am a little bit biased to like this is evidence that shannon is murdered and yeah. therefore convoluted and bullshit um it also yeah i don't like the, con the inconsistency about who can use red truths i don't like how convoluted this is i think there are better yeah, I think I, I would agree if this turns out to be something that actually that isn't just a red herring and is actually something yeah. we're basing evidence on that's a bit shit um, but because I think it isn't I'm okay with it yeah. I'm, I uh, I don't like this book <laughs> <laughs> I love it uh, so the kayfabe lasted, uh, it lasted very long it lasted how long? not very long <laughs> uh, having considered all the evidence this book sucks um i i i will i will use this moment to say i i, I did truly be I, like for a good 24 hours i was like i am going to try and be reasonable about umaneko because i do think that ryukishi has some like genuinely strong writing in there and if given an editor could be doing quite well I'm upset that the editor is Konami, but that's by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I, I, 
I then went away and talked to some people who, some of whom have started reading Umineko and then physically stopped because they hated it. And <laughs> it, the book just spends all of its time bullying you for not having information it's not given you yet. And then when it gives you the information, it does it horrifyingly convolutedly. And this was just the first hiccup that I could find to <laughs> revoke the kayfabe. I'm sorry. Heel Rowan is I back. Knew, I, hate I this. knew. I knew this would happen. <laughs> yeah, I knew this would happen. We as didn't well. discuss this beforehand, by the way. But I was like, I was like, I can't wait to to find out which bit is the point where you put it all down and go. Actually, I hate this. <laughs> I just, it's so, it's so convoluted and bullshit. So, um, I will point out that no, because nobody finds Natsumi in the closet. Only she needs to prove that she was actually there. It could be it could be which truth that she's in the in the closet. It could be which truth mm. everything she did in that room. Um Speaking of Well Speaking of, uh <laughs> who should show up in the room but everyone's uh favorite meat lover, Hideyoshi <laughs> You can't call him a meat and lover. He is a meat lover though. He is a meat, he lover. Is a meat lover. He loves to put sausage in his mouth. Hideyoshi has a little cry because his son is dead. Yeah. I mean, not my reaction to George dying, but I guess I respect it. I do I do love when somebody is a good father. Or like at least a caring one. You know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love I love to see somebody care. Particularly in hit visual novel yeah. with an echo where everyone sucks. It's I think it's nice. as well. So this is this is an interesting bit. Because um, when Hideyoshi's coming into the room, he's been given the key to this room by somebody. We don't know who, but presumably like Natsui or one of the servants mm-hmm. or something, so that he can go and have a nap. Yeah. He accidentally locks the door because he's expecting mm-hmm. it to be locked. And so he puts the key in it, turns it, and then locks himself out and just fumbles with it for a while. Yeah. Um, but then he locks it behind him when he comes in. Um, yeah. And puts the chain on, I think. I think who arranged for him to go in this room, I think, is very important. Because I feel like whoever orchestrated that, either it was like they knew that like when people split up that someone would use this room and so it didn't matter and that they unlocked all of the guest rooms that they thought people would use. Or specifically, someone gave Hideyoshi this key because they knew he'd been on his own. Um, and mm. it annoys me that we don't know who that was. Because I feel like that would uh, give us some hints. Mm. Um, so, Hideyoshi fucking dies. No. What? In hit visual novel Umineko? He's killed. We're not entirely sure why, because we're in Natsui's perspective and she's inside the closet, but she's Ava's outside like knocking on the door and screaming. There's a lot going on in this scene. Um, it's really funny at first, actually, because Hideyoshi comes in and Natsui relaxes because she's like, oh, this wasn't part of the plan. I'm like, oh, babe. Oh, babe. <laughs> of course it was. You can't see you're about to be framed for murder. Um, but mm-hmm. like... Yeah, like, the the sequence of events is that, like, Hideyoshi, like, jumps off the bed and says, who are you? And then, like, scuffles with whoever it is and gets stabbed and stuff. Um, so I'm like, either, like, 
I think it's unlikely because we know there are the the people who are on the island. So like the killer must be disguised somehow or wearing something that means that, they, that he doesn't recognize them. Um Anyway, I wonder if anyone spent the past, you know, 20 to 30 minutes inside a place full of clothes. It's quite possible, yeah. Um, And, yeah, like, Eva takes this opportunity to basically come to the room and unlock it and join Hideyoshi, but the chain's on, so she can kind of see a bit into the room, but and, like, can hear him screaming, but she can't do anything. So she's, like, screaming at the door. And because of the what we learn about the doors, like eyeline later, uh, you can't uh, make you, you can't see Hideyoshi with the chain. Yeah, done. So she has no idea what's going on in there. And then yeah, they all break in, and Hideyoshi Hideyoshi's there on the floor with a stake in him, and they're like, "No!" And he is dead. He is dead. And they look everywhere oh, apart from the closet. But yeah, like they look basically everywhere else and can't find the killer. And interestingly, then, Erica, like, Erica's a bit behind them because she apparently went outside to check the shutters on the windows because Hideyoshi had closed all of the shutters and shut the windows and locked them from the inside when he went to bed to keep the light out and she checked them all from the outside. They were all still shut. So Mm. implying basically no one could get in through the window. So if it wasn't Natsui who killed him, where did they go? Um... Yeah, I'm afraid to say I am accusing Natsui of this murder. Like, we, she could very easily have presented a witch truth to us where she stays inside the closet the whole time and the murder happens outside. Yeah, I think this is, it's quite funny for me because, like, if if we see Natsui as a culprit for all this, then she's just been bad at it. Yeah. Like if this if this is her master plan, then it's just shit. Because, yes, like... <laughs> it is a pretty terrible master plan. <laughs> and I like part of me is like, oh, that would be that would be a bit of a shame because detective wise, you want it to be a good and interesting plan, but character wise, that would be so funny. <laughs> if she yeah. was just like, yeah, no, I was the mastermind behind it all, but I didn't think it through very well, so I got trapped <laughs> in the room when it, the body was found. <laughs> yeah, I. If it wasn't Natsui, I don't really have an answer for... If, if yeah. Natsui doesn't do the killing herself, it is very easy for her to be complicit in this murder. That's true. Um, someone's got a motivation for bullying her into doing that. Yeah. They've already bullied her into the closet. What I want to uh, raise here is that um, the contents of the phone call are only revealed to Natsui. Genji doesn't know the contents of the phone call. So while a phone call has to happen, all the events of the phone call don't necessarily have to play out the way that we've had it presented to us. We know Natsuki is capable of using witch magic to cover the truth. It's possible that she covered the truth of her being complicit in Hideyoshi's murder. (laughs) Ava basically says, like, I don't want Hideyoshi's corpse to disappear. Let's move him downstairs. Yeah. Um, And they they have a little, like argument about it but then they they agree <laughs> and uh, like that's that's the moment where erica's like the closet and then battler's like come on we're all going downstairs <laughs> <laughs> yes 
<laughs> and yeah. then Suey's like, phew, I'll wait a bit and then I'll sneak back upstairs and pretend I was in my room the whole time. Like, that won't be suspicious. What could possibly go wrong? Promptly she is caught by Erica on the stairs. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, going upstairs where, like, if she was coming from her room, she'd be coming downstairs and she makes, like, the worst excuse. She's like, oh, I thought I forgot to lock it. I've just got to go and check. And Erica's like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, but yeah, so Erica's like, everyone to the parlor. We're going to do the big Poirot reveal right now because I know who did it. God, she loves to showboat. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, at least Poirot had like, you know, a good personality going on. <laughs> <when he did laughs> things. Like, I didn't mind it when Poirot did these things because you were like, oh, he's just, he's in, he's a drama queen. And you're like, Erica, like, yeah, she loves making people suffer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is why she's doing it. No, so basically we just get Erica locking Natsuhi in and saying checkmate and then we cut to the Gordon land. <laughs> Erica's like, checkmate, atheist. What do you think, everyone? And then, like, Burncastle gets laughed at by Lambda, basically, because she's like, you didn't even wait for me to do all the murders? <laughs> like you're gonna end this now yeah but then we end with like this really interesting discussion between virgilia and beatrice who doesn't like meta beatrice who's kind of not saying anything um Mm. and so it's basically just a monologue but virgilia kind of says like oh you've given battler everything he needs to realize but he's still too soft to do it. That's why Lambda and Burncastle had to come and like mess everything up first. So he could like get rid of his softness and then you can stop hesitating. Cause you need to like you need to choose whether to take him to heaven or hell now. And I was like, what the fuck does all of this mean? I'm like, this'll be so important, like, for like Beatrice's motivation and everything like this, but I couldn't make any sense of it. Yeah. I um <sighs> Yeah. Sucks to hear that we have all of the evidence that we're needed, apparently. Battler's been given it all so far, like we have everything we need to quote unquote realise, but who knows? I'm Well, I have it. said I have said this before that for the first half of the game you're basically you've basically got everything you're gonna get. Until, yeah, I hate it like, here. everything's solved. Yeah. I, hate, I literally <laughs> hate it here. This game loves to be like, nah, 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 you don't know. I don't think it's trying to do that. I think the goal of the game is to try and stop you from being like, well, I'm not going to think about it because I don't have all the information yet. I think there is a reason why we keep thinking about BBC Sherlock when we're talking about this game, and I think it's I because don't, the writing actually. is a little <laughs> I don't either. I don't know that's what. Just I you. think it's. I think that's more of a reflection on you than everyone else. <laughs> I just. I just think the writing is a little bit moffatous, where it's like he was allergic to peanuts, and it sucks. No, you have all the information. Yeah, I, no, I can I, say this again. I... You can solve part one of Umineko. I. I it ab- is. I appreciate when a detective mystery game tells me that I have everything because then it's like yeah like I 
I hate I hate that that bit where you're wondering like do I bother trying to solve this because is it solvable at this point or do I like is there a key piece that I literally wouldn't be able to do it without so I do like I do appreciate that it tells us that like you can you can start working this out now even if it's difficult um yeah. I've no idea what the answer is um but like guess... no. I'm wondering whether because they I'm wondering whether the thing about battler's softness is like because in <clears throat> in this episode what is do- what's happening is he's being exposed to the fact that the truth is not nice and the truth can be incompassionate and does not that that facts do not have to care about your feelings or at least that people mm-hmm. can present facts in ways that do not care about your feelings um yeah. But I don't know what that has to do with actually working out the first part. Because, like, it's not like we've been assuming that it's going to be a nice answer. Battler might have been, but we haven't. <laughs> we've yeah. been accusing anyone. We're like, I don't care who I accuse. Like, they're all a bit of an asshole, aren't they? Um, my my addendum here is I guess I am just reluctant to be strung along for another 80 hours of this fucking book without any confirmation as to whether or not I'm on the right path. I would like some glowing orbs and some clunking behind the door as to uh, believe that if I it, might be. If it way. helps, there mm-hmm. is some stuff towards the end of this episode and uh, episode six is basically like dangling a big, uh, like, neon sign in front of you going like have you understood it yet guys <laughs> have you understood it yet so you're gonna get I that i really don't worry. hope i will have done by the time it does it <laughs> oh, okay we'll see but like this is the downside of a game that's basically a book is you can't really give confirmation as to whether the reader's on the right track because, because the readers reader are gonna have different ideas yeah there's no interaction there's yeah. no Pick from multiple choice options as to what you think the answer is. Yeah. It's like some people worked this shit out by this point, and I know because they posted about it on forums when this was being released. Some people uh, had no idea, so you know. I would say the Moffat comparison is incredibly unfair to Ryukishi. I think he put so much more effort into making this a solvable mystery than Moffat did in Sherlock. For one thing. Umeneko follows the um, uh, Noctis Decalogue, which Sherlock <laughs> heavily does not. That's true. I do have some some theories based off this episode. Ooh. This is a crack theory that doesn't really make sense, but I quite like it anyway. Um, uh, Battler's the killer, and Battler is the mystery man who's on the phone to Natsui. And, and somehow Battler was the baby that that's who he pushed off the cliff. So Battler's the mystery guy. He didn't die, was somehow given to Rudolph and Asumu to raise. He found out about it at some point. Maybe six years ago, a sin happened. Who knows? Um, Battler does the phone calls and either hides shit in Natsui's room or gets a servant to do it. Um, solves the epitaph with Erica. Um, to cement himself as like the heir of the family and then kills all of the other kids leaving himself the sole heir so it's mm. like uh, it's basically like a revenge plot for him to take over the family mm. um, and then basically does the rest of the stuff to frame Natsui because he 
thinks it's her fault that he's in this situation. Um, this is a fantastic motivation that doesn't really line up with any alibis or opportunity whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I I also would would posit that like Natsui doesn't really have a motivation because there's not really a way for her to benefit from these murders. Like, actually, why? Yeah, kid or a child like I, that yeah. isn't I, really I beneficial. Really that I, I literally wrote in the bit where it says Natsui culprit theory. It says, "Let's not talk about how she kills her own daughter." Yeah. <laughs> also, um, she's a wet rag. Like, how is she gonna th- th- kill so many people when she gets freaked out by somebody telling her her favorite season? I'm. That's really, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah, she's like that's gonna be the most people. damning episode uh, evidence <laughs> yeah like i can kill multiple people but autumn oh my god um <laughs> okay god. so my other my other theory is more compelling at least some of it mm. i think right so this is mm-hmm. the identity of the mystery baby mm-hmm. yes um so I my idea is basically that the baby that was given to Natsui was Asumu's real child. Mm. And that Kyrie and Rudolph's kid, Battler, was the one that was given to them and they were basically trying to like Rudolph was like I've had two kids and I need to choose a wife based on this and I want to choose Asumu. So I'm going to I'm going to take that kid and get rid of the other one. Um the reason like I was like why would they get rid of a kid? I don't put it past these people to get rid of a baby that was for instance disabled and they didn't think would be mm, a good heir. Yeah. For instance, didn't mm. look enough like one of the parents so it was obvious that it wasn't like a legitimate kid or something like something like that. Um so they were like, we'll choose, we'll choose Kyrie's baby and we'll just tell her it, that her baby died and this is Asumu's one. That's fine. Um, which would explain why Battler and Anja look so similar. Um, mm. And that basically the reason that Natsui was given a baby was because Kinzo knew she'd get rid of it somehow and that he and Kinzo <laughs> was like this woman's this, fucking nuts this woman's nuts she's gonna hate the fact I've given her a baby that isn't hers she's gonna find a way to kill it and then she did and he was like I knew you'd do that which is what he said <laughs> uh, like, all part of my master plan <laughs> right well on that note do we have any final thoughts or um, uh, shall we um, yeah that, I, shall we wrap things up I've said everything I need to say um, the kayfabe is back bitches you really I, have you, <laughs> you've, you've said perhaps maybe too much I don't know the kayfabe is back someone has to be mean about Umaneko. if Silent Hill F is good I may um, my my overall line about Umaneko might be a little bit more nuanced than is currently but it is so much more fun to have a heel um, so I will continue to be unreasonably yes. mean about it. It makes me look. It makes me look so much better. <laughs> Alternatively, if you agree with me, it makes me look so much better. So I think it nicely. Oh, I, I like this dynamic because I think it nicely places me in the middle. <laughs> True. Yeah, you do get to be You're the, the reasonable, reasonable one. one. I get to be. I get to be the nuanced take. And... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm um, cool it's, with that. <laughs> it's far too fun to be evil. 
That's why people like Erica, and that's why I'm going to continue to be mean about Omen You're Echo. the. Are you the Erica of the podcast? Sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that was the fastest way to insult both Courtney and I. <laughs> I'm like I'm the nuanced one. Instantly gets cut off the podcast. <laughs> I'm just maybe saying. we can all be horrible detectives. This suck. There is an Erica Ferrudo in all of us. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe the real detectives who suck were the friends who made (laughs) them. So tune in for the the season finale of Hidden Tea Party where these two (laughs) fight to the death. (laughs) Next episode is going to be a doozy, gang. When you two fight to the death, it will prove whoever wins will will prove whether Umineko is good or bad. So what you're saying is, if I don't win, I have to kill myself. Um, you have to change your Discord profile picture. No, I might as well kill myself. Incredible. Um, well, on that note, uh, next week we will be covering um, chapter 14, uh, The Great Court of Illusions. This is a very long chapter, oh so uh, God, please allow a lot of time to read it. It's so long. Uh, a lot happens. It's probably my favorite chapter of Umineko. So mm. take it from that what you will. Um, and uh, our, you can find us on Twitter at Hidden Tea Party. Our socials are all in the description. And thank you for joining us. And good night. I'm so sorry. Bye. <laughs>